All righty, everybody, welcome to the Self-Reliance Festival bi-weekly live stream. Today, I am joined by Brian from the Lots Project. Brian, say hello. 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 And John, whose last name is really hard to say. <laughs> a fade. It's like afraid with a, a T-A. fade. A unless, fade. You're, unless you're not in the U.S. and then it's Portuguese and everybody's confused because Brazil is weird and et cetera. So we'll leave that one yeah. on the side. Yeah. Anyways, John A. <laughs> John A is with us, and we're here to take any questions you have, but I also wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, we'll start. So John is the marketing maven for Self-Reliance Festival this go-around. Um, you want to tell us how that came to be, John? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've known you for, I don't know, many years now. Um, I met you through my wife, and... Um, some of this, we were bouncing around. Um, I, I was working as a head of design for a company and uh, was laid off last August and was kind of reaching out to see what was going on with people. And Nicole was like, well, hey, I need some help with marketing. What are you doing? I'm like, let's give it a whirl. And so we, we did some stuff going up for the uh, the spring one. And uh, we, we had uh, bigger, I think, bigger plans than we could possibly execute. So now we're trying to be a little more ahead of the, the game. And we're gonna. We've got a lot of a lot of things going on, and a lot of things in the hopper for for October. Yes, we do. So, I thought today we might talk about some of the things we have in the hopper, as long as we're not spoiler alerting anything. Because sure, it doesn't hurt for people to know how we're marketing event, especially folks who are willing to come on, like Chuck Peoples, and eager about the event, able to help us market to their networks. Um, we're gonna be a little more proactive about getting tools in the hands of people this time. Okay, Brian, the reason I wanted to talk to you, I don't know if you know this, but there used to be the CD hotel and their special operations equipment and they tore it down. And now what it is, is a very secluded, very flat blacktop parking lot. Really? About a 10th of a mile from SOE. Is that the one? So if you were coming from town, it was on the, the left side just before it, you got to SOE? Yeah. Interesting. What do you think about that? Well, as I understand it, people who want to come to the event in RVs are sad that they can't put them on the compound because there's no room for them. And I was yeah. wondering about gorilla campsiting there with RVs. I mean, you could. I mean, do you know, does somebody own it? Somebody does own it. In theory, I could get in contact with them or we could just do it. It just depends. Right. I mean, it really depends on how people are set up. I myself, um, I go somewhere where I got I can plug in so I can leave my dogs in the trailer while I go enjoy the festival. Uh, but yeah, if you if you got a generator um, or even not, I mean, an RV rolling into a parking lot isn't a horrible thing. Especially if you got a big group of them that are sitting there, like who's going to tell you to come all go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting spot. I, I probably will try to reach out to the owners. Sometimes it's easier to ask forgiveness, but it would be kind of cool to have that. What happened last time is people in the parking behind big daddies, there was a little enclave of campers there and oh, okay. that seemed to work for them because they could walk on and off compound if they needed to. Yeah, yeah. Being able to get 
back and forth is nice. I was excited when Jake said he had the property within walking distance there. And then when I walked over, I was like, yeah, you're not going to get any RVs on this. (laughs) (laughs) Vertical. It needs some earthworks from what I understand. Yeah, it needs like a snaking path from the bottom to the top, back and forth with a couple of pull-offs on it. <laughs> yeah, Reaper Gaming says, Toe Company going to be rich that day if you all ain't yep. careful. Yeah, Indeed. that's why we'll probably see what we can do. Um, I know Big Daddy's is has been okay with us having campers there, but I keep getting more and more questions about RVs. Then I saw it a lot across the, the street with the burned down house was for sale. I was like, well, maybe we'll buy that, but they want a little little bit much for that. So, okay, I got a question here from Pippinized. My goodness, who would miss the chance to learn from Joel Salatin? Question, if a dude has never processed any animal and may or may not be queasy at the sight of blood, should a dude still attend? To, to the whole festival or the chicken processing the workshop? The chicken processing workshop, which is Monday. Yeah, you should. Um, yeah. you should. Why, John? And, well, so I I was that guy that had never seen the side of blood and was and um and we went and and did one of these. Um, there's something it's 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 different than you would think it is. It, it's in person, especially like you. If I don't like watching medical shows on TV, I'm I'm like, Ugh. but for for whatever reason, there's something a little more solemn about, especially when you're working with the right group of people. Um about going through and processing that animal. And, and especially when you see the steps of the chicken, you know, the, the blood is a very teeny part of it. And if the, if that really irks you, then turn away from the killing cone and you can watch the rest of the process. And there's really very little blood. I mean, the evisceration that part of the very end when you're taking out the guts. Okay. Yeah. But it's all in all, the process is not something where, you know, it's, 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 it's very controlled. It's contained, it's clean. And it's one of those things that once you see those are those steps, you're like, I can do that. And yeah. you may not be the person that wants to do that all the time. And I think Joel Salatin would even say, if you, if you're doing it all the time, you probably get desensitized to it. It's not healthy. Um, but if uh, it's good knowing that you want to know the steps and two, you could pick it up and, and take it on if you had to. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? I learned from Joel and Daniel, um, not live, I wish I could have watched them live, but when I, before I even had to process a chicken, I was trying to watch videos on how to do it. I found one particular video of Joel doing it at a mother earth fair, maybe. And then Daniel doing it on farm and also with rabbits. And I watched those videos over and over. It would have been, if it was a VHS tape, it would have probably broke. Um, They just know what they're doing. And they know how to teach it and it's they make it simple and effective and he makes it look super easy but uh you know one batch of chickens and you're almost there because he's just good at teaching it so take advantage of that if you can do it in person do it yeah and the way that's going to go down is he's doing the demo brett chef and i are walking everybody through after the demo at some point midway through the day, Joel does need to go catch his flight. But um, I thought it would be great to learn from the man himself on that one. I'm very good at helping people who are queasy about unaliving a chicken, unalive the chicken. And, and, and I think it's because I do have sympathy for that situation. I'm not like, hey, you know, you don't have big enough nuts if you don't 
you know, process a chicken or whatever. It's, it's, it hits everybody differently. And the more you do it, the easier it does get. But there is never a time when I don't appreciate the life that I am taking when I process an animal. And I think sometimes just acknowledging that it's hard to people and it's okay for it to be hard is good because once you get to the point where you know you can process an animal, that's the thing that keeps a lot of people from raising their own food. Cause they know at some point there's the end of the line. I got to take this goat to the butcher or whatever. And that's not a happy day on anybody's farm. I don't think. I got a question for you, Nicole. What's the, what's the oddest thing you've ever been asked about the chicken processing process by someone that didn't know? I don't know that I've ever been asked anything odd. I got asked, I got asked one time if you scald them alive. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I was and thinking you, you were going to go for the chicken with the head cut off trip, right? <laughs> that really <laughs> does happen. It does. But. The first time I processed chickens, Mark was doing it and I was scalding them after their, and he was taking their heads all the way off. <laughs> And he takes the head off one and it ran across the yard. This is our first time. We both scream and it jumped into the scalding pot. Ta-da. And I was like, well, that they, they really do run around with their heads cut off. So, yeah. 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 I, I, uh, yeah, we were sending him videos of the process because I had built a scalder and all this. And she writes back and says, did you just put that in there alive? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. No, we do not. Nope, nope. We take care of that first, very painlessly and uh, effectively. Yeah, okay. but I think that's interesting. If people didn't, you know, if you just showed up and you had that equipment there and you had a live chicken. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do, right? So, I mean, that is one of the benefits of learning from somebody like Joel. I mean, I did the same thing like Brian. I learned from a lot of videos. And then I had the benefit of friends who were raising meat birds let us come over. And Whitney and I went and we did processed 20 birds with them um mm -hmm. so, you know so it got got more than just the i did it once but like here's the actual steps of doing it for real um and and you learn a lot just doing it too you know the videos get you a long way there and you have an idea of all the things that are happening but figuring out oh this is a more efficient way to to slice in the killing cone as a you know instead of stabbing or cutting what's the best way to do it having someone there just to guide you and yeah. being able to learn that process is crucial Taking, taking your time and uh, if you're having to do it by yourself and you've only watched videos is uh, taking your time and actually looking at what you're doing instead of being like, oh, my God, I've got to rush through it and do it all fast. Like, no. It's Never more, rush. Like, definitely learn the animal. And then once you learn the animal, it's, it's a no-brainer at that point because you can basically just feel it out. Yeah. Now, we've decided processing chickens with two people minimum is ideal. Like I can process a chicken and cook it for dinner. Usually I don't want it for dinner after I've processed a chicken. I'd rather have it the next day. That's just because that feather smell gets up in your nose and you're like, yeah, beef sounds really good tonight. <laughs> um, but the, the way we do it here is one person is unaliving them and then they, you know, like, so tactical unalive it. Then I will scald it and pluck it and put it on ice. And we do that cycle until he 
um, dispatches the last one, and then I move to the evisceration station, and he cleans up the scalder and the plucker while I'm eviscerating because his hands, he's a really tall dude, his hands are, like, they don't fit in there very well. So I can eviscerate a chick, probably two to three chickens to his one. You have that same issue? Yeah. So he does all that cleanup, and then that's all sterilized by the time it's time to start packing them and, and getting them ready. So it, I did I did everything except the is evisceration, then Corey did that, and she like I would run the whole cycle, and by yeah. the time I got back with the next one, she was ready for it. Like she was covering the process by doing it. I was very appreciative because I have big hands also and they don't fit inside meat birds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's just the thing. That's why we've divided it up that way. I mean, I don't mind unaliving the chickens now. When I did the turkey processing workshop here, I could tell because our turkeys were too big for cones. So we got to the chopping block with my cleaver, and I could tell by how somebody was holding that cleaver if they were going to get that head cut off or not. And yep. They would go wham, and then what would happen is this hand would come from behind them. It would be my hand, and I would just push really hard down because it was a very sharp cleaver so that it was instant, and then that was better for them. But, I, yeah, that was an interesting day, the day we grew turkeys that were too big. Jason gets his pigs drunk before he processes them. <laughs> we, had, we had a turkey. That was our most horrific calling experience, too, oh, really? a turkey that we sliced his neck and we had wait, we had waited on that one. It was the one we were actually taking to our family Thanksgiving and we had waited till like the day before and it was a snowstorm and we were out there and I was just trying to do it quick and it was too big for the cone, like you said, but I got it in the cone and I was holding it. And when I slid it, it flew up and it landed on the cone, on the top of the cone and it stood there and it was bleeding down his neck and it's just looking at me like, what'd you do? What? Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, and then it just pinched its head over and it stopped bleeding. So it wasn't bleeding out anymore. It was like it was like holding its its neck together. So I went That's and grabbed weird. and I dumped it in the cone again and I hit the other side and the same thing happened. But this yeah. time it tore the skin off half his head when he came out of the cone. Oh. And we watched him for 20 minutes sit on the top of that killing cone sawhorse until he fell off. And it was the most horrifying experience of, of my farm life. Cause I was like, this is, okay. this is my fault. Yeah. yeah let's let's yeah, just for, for the, the people following along at home here. That's not the normal. That's not what we're doing. No, no, no. That, that was not normal, not normal at all. And it, it, uh, it was, it was bad. Uh, but yeah. you have to be prepared to, to do right. that and know what to do in that situation. What I would do in that situation is take his head off. I couldn't catch him. Oh, you couldn't catch him. Yeah, that's well, hard. He's like st sitting on the top of a sawhorse, and I'm coming up to him, and he's facing Moving, me. Yeah. Ready, yeah. And he's pissed off already. Yeah, so I dumped him back in the cone and tried again. And he was he was a feisty one. He was our biggest Tom. We saved him for our family. And yeah. Definitely. Just, uh, with the chickens, at least, you know, they're a little, the, the, the turkeys are a whole different beast. But with the chickens, you can, you can pull down a little bit on the head in the cone, yeah. right? And then it goes, super, you know, on either side. And, and, you know, there's a little, you know, there's, there's a reaction, but it's different than <laughs> a, I don't know what, a 25 they'll pound stay, bird. They'll stay right in the cone. Boom. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever had, ever rarely had a chicken come out of the cone. 
And this, I've never had chicken come are, out. Chickens are if you if you're looking at like the levels of processing, right? And the you know, <clears throat> if you've ever done a deer, chickens are super simple, right? I mean, like the 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 deer is is uh, if you've ever hunted and you process your own deer, it's a whole different world. A lot. I mean, it took me the day the first time I did a deer. A chicken still twenty minutes, right? <laughs> so. Um, if, but if, if that's something you want to work up to as well, right? You know, I, I feel it's like chicken, deer, because you don't name the deer. Goat, probably goat <laughs> sheep is probably that next level where it's like, ah, you're kind you of You don't cute. name your deer when you hunt them? <laughs> um, <laughs> haven't. But maybe Octavio, like, hey, I shall shoot thee. Hey, I have them on tail cams. I used to name them like three point and like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'd name them all sorts of things when I'd see them well, on There's that rule cam. that you name, you name it a cut, right? So backstrap. Yeah, you know, hot, yeah. whatever. Right? Oh, yeah. you know, that's that's that makes it okay. So, on a totally different topic, flowers. the food and flower forest yielded roses for me this week. Nice. Are those uh, Rosa Ragusa or cottage? With, no, uh, these are just these just are. Pretty. They were on closeout for about two dollars each at Lowe's roses. Wow, nice. And they looked like they were not going to live, and so I was like. Make me the best deal you can on those. And she did. And they did fine. So. <laughs> you don't name food. That's right, Jason. You do not name food. Yeah. We accidentally, we, we, uh, we processed um, somebody with a name this year. And it's hard. He was so mean by the end that it was like, you're one tough ram. And your meat <laughs> is tough too because you're a ram and you've been around a few years. <laughs> so he, he became mutton. Okay, back to Self-Reliance Festival Marketing. John, what's yeah. the big picture plan here? All the things. Well, this is the, this is the funny thing, right? There's, marketing's a lot of uh, spitballing, it, 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 especially, you know, with, with a kind of, you know, we, you know, we're kind of still feeling out the things that work, the things that don't. So we're going to throw a whole bunch of stuff up and see that worked, that didn't work. You know, some of the things we did in the spring, um, you know, one of these is like the live streams and the uh, the emails that go out weekly that kind of introduce the speakers as, as they sign up. And we've had those those people announced um, some of those things are going to be the same again. Right. Um, we are going to be doing some video. I'm, I'm going to be actually I live up. I'm only about an hour from from Joel here in, in Virginia. So I'm going to be heading over there and doing a little filming with him in, in June. And uh, we'll have some some. Joel Salatin SRF cool videos and we've got you know a whole bunch of other stuff with a lot of this stuff is just kind of looking at like oh we need more information on this thing let's see how that goes so if you look at the overall plan right we've got the website which Scott did a great job Liberty Lab you know team built that out uh, and you know we're going to update that uh, we're going to have our, our regular emails that go out. We're going to have our speaker support kit that we're putting together. So that's going to be a kit of parts that helps the speakers promote for SRF. So they, you know, they'll have some, some uh, best practices, some, some graphics that we'll create where they can tweak them a little bit or things of that nature. Um, we also work some stuff that's more on the back end. So things like uh, writing up a press release, for example. And we send that out and uh, to mostly to, it's going to go more to like Tennessee media, but get some pickup on that. Um, we, you know, we have years and years of video footage. So one thing that, that we, we were trying to do for the spring and didn't get it done, but we're going to do for this one is doing kind of like a, an overview, you know, maybe 30, 60, 90 seconds for, for video 
um, just kind of like a promo video for the for the event. Um, there, there's also stuff that we bounced around, you know, some of the other things that happen here, there's, there's advertising. So we did some banner ads, like with self-reliance magazine. Um, you know, there, we, we did some text ads, we did some local ads and touristy stuff. Um, there's a lot of podcast appearances, right? You know, we, we were doing yeah. things like this, but then Nicole goes on shows and various other speakers go on shows. Um, and so there's, it's this whole thing that works in concert and very rarely is there one Hail Mary pass where we knock that out of the park. That's it. A lot of it is these just, you know, a constant thing. There's, there's some marketing concepts of, of, you know, you have to get in front of somebody 10, 10 or 11 times before that they'll even start to think about converting. So being able to say, Hey, how can we excite people about what we're doing? How can, yeah. how can we advise people that this is something that should be on their calendar and here's why, and here's the outcome you're going to get from going to SRF. Look at all these awesome people you're going to meet. You're going to find your tribe and we're going to have a great time doing it. So having all that stuff kind of as the, the that's the through line. And then we, we message that and take that into all these different channels and all these different mediums. Uh, and then ta-da, we see you all at Self-Reliance Festival. Yeah. <laughs> So right now, if y'all want to help us get the word out about the festival, we're starting to roll out speakers on the website, selfreliancefestival.com. And the one thing that's really fun is you can spend five days. You can do the two-day ham radio class before. You can do Self-Reliance Festival for two days and the processing class right afterwards. It's a five-day thing. John floated a really cool idea. He's like, you need to make a mega pass, Nicole. Indeed. So we might, we're gonna we might make be a doing a, an event before that, too. Um, <laughs> at place. We might be doing a work event. Uh, <laughs> like a GSD thing? Yeah, maybe, or we're not really sure yet. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about that. He, he got really busy once he got back to Canada, and he had to go out to Thrivalist. Um, this weekend, I think. So yeah. when he gets back, uh, we were going to talk more about things. So, but yeah, that's in the works is kind of, I don't think it's going to be a huge thing, but uh, I think it was a dozen people. I think we said it most uh, doing some projects or a workshop or something prior. Mm -hmm. And, but if interest in that, you can uh, give Tim a message or me a message. I can, I can relay the information too. So. Yeah, so the ham radio class is done by Radio Made Easy. It's Evan Dixon. It's two days, and it's Thursday and Friday that week. And do you finish with being able to take the technician license test on site, or do they have to do that elsewhere? No, you have to go somewhere else for the test. It does not include the test, but it prepares you for the test. So awesome. um, it's called Zero to Hero Radio Operator Course Early Bird Price. It's five forty-five. That includes lunches. Okay. So, um, two days on site. Everybody I know who's taken this class has loved it. Just when he's given it other places. So, when he reached out and said he wanted to do that here, I was like, "Well, let's give it a go." So, and that license, once you get it, is good for ten years. The 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 FCC tech license, and that yeah. you know that that doesn't give you like every pr privilege in the world, but it lets you talk on a lot of different frequencies, especially local, which, you know, for most of what we're all concerned about talking locally is what we want to do. We want to talk to our community, talk to our team, you know, yeah. it's, and you can, obviously you can always listen, 
You can, you know, there's no restrictions on what, you know, if you can receive it, you can hear it, you can put it on the radio. Um, but you know, it's, it's a good, it is a good base and, and then practicing with it obviously is, you know, it is a learned skill. And then the more you practice with it, the more it's just going to be internalized. One yeah. of those great things. It, it's a really easy lift and, uh, and then you've got it. It's just a good skill, right? It's something I wish I had in place the time that the tornadoes hit Cookville mm -hmm. and took out regional comms and I couldn't reach yeah. anybody to say we were okay. Uh, our friends almost sent people driving across the state to make sure we were alive when I was able to get a single text message out to my mom. And had I had ham radio, I could have totally circumvented that whole situation. So, you know, and had we really been in trouble and needed help, it was like drive somewhere or walk somewhere because you were not you were not calling for help in that situation. So totally it's it's pretty cool. It looks like people are pretty interested in that mega pass. I'll have to get that <laughs> that put together. Uh still Armor don't know enough. if refuge medical's coming. They're trying hard to make it work in their schedule, but they don't know yet. And if not, then we'll have them out next spring to do what we talked about there. But hopefully they'll be able to do responder one and responder two for people who have had responder um, one. And then Chuck Peoples who is here, we have not come to sort of an agreement on how it might work, but he was offering a sort of a homestead medical workshop, which I'm thinking might be something you can add on during self-reliance festival. I'm looking at renting a second tent so we can have some more of these breakout type sessions. We have not finalized it. So I'm sort of like, revealing more than really exists, but I'm sure Chuck is, is okay with me doing that. I thought I just, if it doesn't happen this time, it's got to happen next time. Cause I was really excited by that whole concept of like, what, what kind of medical do you need on the homestead? homestead yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know that when, when I moved to a homestead, I didn't, <laughs> I, I mean, Cutting, cutting a portion of my thumb off and mm. having my wife take care of it for a week was probably not the, the wisest thing to do, but it worked out in the end. So, <laughs> See, Chuck's always so nice. He's like, yeah, whatever, Nicole, fire away. <laughs> Is there so, camping on site, Nicole? Um, you said RV. You were thinking about the parking lot, but tent campers still allowed in so the Yeah, so tent camping is happening. Uh, I would like to get some video of the campsite. And I'm if I get a minute this weekend and I'm able to get access, which is it just depends on if the gate's open or not, I'll try to get it this weekend. If not, we will get some video of the campsite so people know where the tent camping is. Uh, if you take all of the things for five days, you can start camping in time for the things. So you'll be there before everybody else. And yeah, I, have, I got groups in or people from my community that want we're we're trying to figure out where everybody's going to stay. And I don't think they mind tent camping. They're a bunch of crusty old uh, woodsmen. So, uh, yeah, I'll let them know. So, Matt, John is not on this live stream, although he is always welcome on this live stream. We are talking about the Self-Reliance Festival, which we do at the Special Operations Equipment Compound. It's October 14th and 15th. You can get information at selfrelianceFestival.com. And we just talk about what's going on with event coordination and who's showing up as speakers. We got John on talking about how we're marketing the event. 
we got Brian on because he's cool. He's going to be there. And I had a question about camping for him. And John does his live every night at nine o'clock. And I expect that that will happen again tonight at nine o'clock unless something comes up. But he's pretty, pretty reliable about that 9 p.m. stream. So definitely if you're looking for John, that's the best time to, to find him. Other John. I, so I think John. we need to have a meeting of the Johns if John comes because we've got John Witherspoon, yeah. John Willis, John A. Yeah, exactly. But to yeah. go back to the medical thing, that is that is one of those things that it's not just for people too. like some basic vet med stuff is I, I mean, a decade ago when we moved to the farm, I had no idea about this stuff. And I've now, you know, my my vet has been very very patient with me and teaching me the basics, but I can now do shots on the goats. I, you know, I was able to, um, to, you know, do mastitis treatment, well, you know, for, for a dairy cow. Like, I mean, like if I go back and tell my 19 year old self, dude, you're going to have a dairy cow. I'd be like, Oh, get out of here, old man. But it's like, <laughs> there's so much cool stuff. Right. And then, but learning all these things, you really do become, you know, if, if you've got to schedule the vet, you got to pay for the vet to come out and then you got to pay for the vet visit too. Yeah. You know, on top of the meds already, you know, that can really add up quickly. And so a lot of this stuff, it really does make sense to learn. And a lot of, you know, how do you stop bleeding on yourself? Very key. How do you stop bleeding on an animal? Also very key, you know, some of the basics, but I see a lot of people buy a ton of medical gear and never take a basic first aid class. Like, yeah. even if you don't do refuge or homestead medical or one of these bigger classes where you get a lot more than just the basic, just do the like the Red Cross basic first aid, like just understand how to stop the bleed, you know, yeah. and some of that that critical stuff, because giving yourself that extra hour or two, especially the further out you are for uh, for the EM, EMS guys to get there. Crucial. Yep. And so today I did something super risky on the homestead. Today, <laughs> I clipped the wings of the Muscovy ducks. Oh, dear. And if you know anything about Muscovy ducks, they have these razor sharp talons and they do right. not want me to catch them and, and clip their wings. So we go down there and I've got my flannel shirt on because I have a scar here from the first time I did it. And I was lucky it didn't get the artery. Right. Yeah. Which you can bleed out in 90 seconds. If you get hit by a Muscovy nail wrong or a rabbit foot wrong. Those are the two animals that like surprising ways you can accidentally kill yourself on the homestead. And so I get down there and tactical, we decided it's a better two person job. So he's, he's going to hold it while I clip the wings. He's there in short sleeves. I'm like, you're not wearing long sleeves. He's like, I don't think I need long sleeves. You need long sleeves. And I was like, just go get long sleeves on. Cause I don't want to be driving you to the stupid emergency room today afterward, like clipping these wings. And he huffed at me and then he went up the hill and got his long sleeves on. And I don't think he was ever in, in danger of it, but I just know that the very first Muscovy duck I ever picked up, having heard everybody tell me how they have these talons and they'll get you right there. One got me right there. And I was in a short and I was like, this is dumb. I knew this before I went down. So yes, if you have Muscovy ducks and you're going to clip their wings or catch them for any reason, wear long also sleeves. Even if also it's wear your out. chainsaw chaps, perhaps. Maybe you get all your chainsaw protected gear on. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Muscovies, but I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck's like, "Yep, ninety seconds, you'll be unconscious from blood loss." Yeah. I knew I had that number from somewhere. I took I took a class on that once. I would like to take more, but this weekend, guess what I'm doing? 
Taking some classes? Fighting pistol. Oh, nice. Where's that going to be at? Tactical response. Oh, excellent. In Camden, Tennessee. I'll be near you-ish, Brian. Yeah, you'd be, what? I think we're like an hour south. Yeah. Like, eight south. Yep. I think, uh, is that the one? Did Tim take that while he was at SRF last time? And that was one of the classes he took. He, yeah, he, he was absolutely thrilled with everything he, he interacted with there. Yeah, I, I signed up and I told folks like on my podcast, if you're going to go and you want to be there with somebody familiar, I'll be there. And uh, turns out one of the holler neighbors also grabbed the class. Nice. So we're carpooling out and we sort of did some meal planning so we can, you know, stay on good food while we're there and share a cooler for lunch and all of that. So that's kind of cool. But I'm looking forward to this. I have been intending to take this class for three years. Oh, nice. And cool. one of the one of the things I'm fixing about myself this year is I was my discipline was kind of waning for some reason. And so I started the 75 hard challenge. And two days after I started the 75 hard challenge, I was like, I am never taking fighting pistol near self-reliance festival because I'm doing self-reliance festival near self-reliance festival. That's never going to happen for me. So if I want to take this class, I just have to make it happen. And I went on their website and I like looked at all the dates and yeah, didn't even know it was Memorial day weekend when I chose this weekend, but it's fine. Do people do you do you forget its holidays? Like yeah, I, I, like when you don't interact with normal people all the time, you forget when the holidays are. Yeah. Yeah, do you, you don't have, have a day the date no the day job because you know, I'm my own boss now, right? So and and so it's like oh, there's a and we and we homeschool, right? So I have no no um, hinting from the school calendar that you would normally get. And I have no hinting from the, the work calendar of like, see you all Tuesday. And you're like, what's, you know, I'm like, what? Oh, it's Monday. It's a holiday. What? <laughs> well, my yeah. wife works for a hospital, so she gets PTO. She doesn't get holidays. So we don't do anything on the holidays because we're in an RV in Tennessee. So she just works and then takes the time off when she wants to. She doesn't need to take Memorial Day off. So like I have no concept of days and holidays like that ever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. I I had a dental appointment scheduled for tomorrow at four p.m. <laughs> no, no, today at four p.m. Sorry. Tomorrow said, at four p.m. You. No, I'm sorry. It's today so at four p.m. And they were like, "It's Memorial Day weekend. Are you sure you want that time?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine." Like I'm I'm gonna be here. It's fine. I'm not leaving till Friday for attack response. I get a call Tuesday. Can you come in at eight in the morning Thursday? Because suddenly the dental hygienist is not available for mysterious reasons. I'm like, I know why. <laughs> yep. They became yep. aware that they had a long weekend coming, I'm sure. And I was Are they like, well, they're closed on Friday. I don't know if they're closed on Friday or not. Um, I, they're I, open, but there's like one person there, right? <laughs> it's basically let's just say. I got all the work done yesterday that needed to be done on the teeth. And I was like, well, I can't do that, but I can do this other time. And they, they got me hooked up then. And I was, I was laughing. Cause I was like, all you had to say was somebody wants to go on vacation early. I, I would have been fine. <laughs> Danny. Yeah. I'm doing a poultry processing. The annual LFTN Holler Homestead poultry processing class is June 24th at livingfreeintennessee.com. Anyway, I was realizing it's like our sixth one 
now, sixth or seventh one. I've been doing these every year, so it's a good time. I always tell people bring a change of clothes because I have an outdoor shower. And if you get all messy, then you can just take a shower and feel better. And only one person's ever taken me up on that. Yeah. But outdoor showers are totally underrated. Like, you know, we, we didn't, I've never had one until we moved to this place. And we, at first we're like, that's really weird. And then you realize, look, no one's that whole side of the house. There's nobody there. It's just woods and equestrian farm yeah. that is covered with trees. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> now, I mean, if it's 40 degrees outside, it's really cool. But, yeah. um, if, you know, in, in general, just like, yeah, I don't have to go in the house, track all the mud in, especially when there's like some of those days where you're outside and it's, you know, it's that 90 misery and you've just sweat through everything. Shower outside. Shower outside. Better. Or you like, I don't know what about you, but when I weed my garden, mm. I'll just, instead of bending over because of the low back thing, I'll just like plop down in the dirt. If it's like intense weeding, just covered in mud. Mm -hmm. The outdoor shower on the homestead is designed for this situation. And the only key is you want to pre-populate it with your streaking scarf or whatever so you can get to the house. <laughs> we, when we moved into the RV, that was one thing that changed completely. Um, I was a fuel service tech for five years. I showered hot shower before work, hot shower after work to burn that petroleum shit out of my sure. skin. Uh, when we moved into the RV, it wasn't twice a day because we're conserving water. I'm six foot five, 250 pounds, and I don't fit in an RV shower. We take military style shower on off water. We stayed at a hip camp that had a, a propane on demand hot water heater yeah. outside. And they had like a tiki thing around it. And we had oh, been cool. on cool. the road for four months. I took an hour and 20 yeah. minute shower believe it. standing outside watching the sunset in Texas. And it was the most glorious thing I've ever experienced. Yep. John Witherspoon says I've started my keto diet, keto diet. I'm down 46 pounds. Nothing like wow. your 75 nice. horror hard, more like your previous Cheeto. Yes. I was doing cheating keto. John, I'm down 10 pounds uh, in three weeks. Nice. And, I think it's the addition of the two workouts a day that have kind of moved it forward. So um, Izzy's wondering where John Willis is. John Willis will be probably here. I can't promise because I'm not John for his nine o'clock live. We stream the self-reliance festival Q and a session every other week right now to multiple YouTube channels, just to get the word out about the event because self-reliance festival is a great place to come learn heritage skills see excellent speakers but more importantly find a network of people who are like-minded who have the same priorities that that we all do and band together to be the parallel economy we all talk about needing these days and the thing that sets self-reliance festival apart is that people leave there often empowered to get started on something new a new business a new project because we see indivi every individual's success raising the power of the whole community. So it's just a really, I mean, it's fun too. I've got, I've got a band coming to play this. I've got, I think Testimona's coming back to, to perform. But yeah, we've got Sam coming to play. I might play music. I might not. John, do you play guitar? And oh, keys and bass. I can fix it. I mean, yeah, I can. If you, we could, we could, we could, we could, uh, we could bring okay. it up. Okay. 
acoustic set with John. <laughs> Just That's tell me what you want to do, and I'll go. I'll go. I'll go figure them out. Yeah, I have. I have. I have chord sheet. I have lead sheets. Um, anyway, <laughs> nice. I always do like the, some combination. The sauce of, book. Yeah, sauce songs. Anyway, it's it's just a really fun time. If you're interested in coming, selfreliancefestival.com is where you get tickets. It's October 15th, 14th and 15th. You have five months to figure out how to get to Camden, Tennessee and do this. There's on-site tent camping included with your ticket. I hear a lot of excuses about can't, can't, can't. And yes, if your wife's about to give birth, I get it. Better to be home for that moment. But... Yeah, Chris says Sam is an awesome guy. I can't. Yeah, I'm very stoked that he's he's doing an album release here with a full band. It's going to awesome. be awesome. Uh, how, how how better to have your child in but at the Sulphur Lions Festival? So that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right, we're having all a medical first responders you could ever need. <laughs> I'm sure we have a midwife in our network. Yeah, I, I mean somebody's going to be there that knows what they're doing. I'm sure. Yeah. It's a great network offer, networking opportunity, very expiring. Uh, for me, it's a family reunion, too. So it's not just, I mean, I meet new people every time that are cool. But I reconnect with people who I've already seen. And I think that's that in-person interaction is so important to just keeping your relationships strong. And we need strong relationships. The weirder the world gets, the more we need our strong relationships. Because those are the people who, if they show up on my door, I know whether or not they can come in in a crisis situation. Yeah, yeah. Do we, um, how much are the, the tables, the outside tables and the inside tables? So vendor tables are $100 for a six-foot table. A, a 12 by 12 booth space is, I think it's 400 bucks. Those prices have not changed in several events. I think a group of people from my community were going to go together on a booth or on, a, on the bigger booth. Yeah, it's 400. Of, uh, and rotate through people. Yeah, uh, that so includes two there. tickets too. So depending, so two of you get your ticket with that cost. At the six foot All table, right. you get one ticket. Okay. Yep. And okay, then cool. you need to bring your own table. We have a few tables sometimes that we're able to rent, but it's the self-reliance festival. <laughs> we we weren't planning on getting much more than a, than a <laughs> spot on the ground. And there you go. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I'm yeah, really no, looking. Uh, it, it should be fun. It should be fun. There's a, uh, there's a good group of people coming out that uh, kind of, center around my show and things and we've been talking quite a bit about it we're excited yeah and this is another one there's a good arab there are good airbnbs near camden and we stayed at a group if you don't want to camp here's the thing we have a telegram group what is our telegram group i should have this memorized you know it should actually say it too it's srf community t.me forward slash srf community and in there are categories. So if people are looking for a housing share, I don't think that's a category yet, or a ride share, they can link up on that because you can rent an Airbnb that sleeps eight people and everybody gets a bunk. And that's pretty reasonable too if you don't want a tent camp. October is a great time to camp in Tennessee though. So that's 
that's definitely a place to look. All those categories are in the group. Uh, general discussion, ride share, and room share. I want to know what the difference is between general discussion and general. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think yes. the general is the one that's <laughs> automatically there and somebody made a general discussion. <laughs> we might need to combine those. Yes. Or, or just keep it confusing. Yeah. yeah. If you know, you know, right? <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Put it both places. Cover all the bases. Okay, anything cross else post, you want to cover tonight, guys? What did you say, John? Cross post from general into general, right? General, general. Exactly. Are there speaker spots still open? So the way to suggest a speaker spot or a demonstration, because yes, there is still some space, is to send use the contact form at selfreliancefestival.com and just send me your idea in email. We used to have a form, but I it's actually it's got a lot of questions on it. And I figure once we say yes to it, it then you put the time in on the form. It's better that way for everybody. So we've got a spinning demonstration queued up. I think Jason's coming back to show us how to distill for fuel. I, I think he told me that in a live stream, but I need to double check with him another way so I have it in writing. We've got, what else? Let me go back. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff in the in the works. Hopefully we'll have a scything demonstration. That would be awesome. John. Stand back. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Oh, Brian's going to do how to navigate with a map. Oh, nice. Which may seem like a really simple thing, but it's a forgotten skill when we get so dependent on GPS. And I think he's going to have a treasure hunt with maps. So That's it's fun. like, oh, it's here's really how fun. you do it. Go find the things, right? Weird. Weird. Brian, Brian's going to have a treasure hunt? <laughs> yeah, I know. Weird. I, I wonder what the prizes are going to be. <laughs> Weaving. We've got ham radio. We've got medical... We've, I'm sure we'll have dog demonstrations from Joel Riles, but this time, more than any other self-reliance festival, I want to see what demonstrations we can get from the community, like cheese baking, sauerkraut. Hopefully the Allards are able to come and do canning again. Like all of these things that people want to learn about, we can do. I got There's, a couple guys that want to do a butcher off. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the butcher off because I'm interested in that. And cool. we were thinking about, so what we were thinking about with our booth too, um, Josh, uh, the renegade butcher there, and I've been talking about it since I was down there helping him all winter, um, setting up some recording equipment and just letting people come and talk and doing like the voices of SRF and just have it in the booth. Since somebody's going to be there all the time, just have it set up and whether it's an interview or you just want to speak your mind um and then just put that out too as some some kind of promo stuff for you guys awesome chris watkins wife has been crocheting her heart out and is thinking of having crochet things for sale how about a crochet demo too yeah and that's the kind of stuff i mean people at srf aren't looking to go buy the thing they can get on amazon right and even then you know we probably aren't buying the stuff on amazon anyway but <laughs> you know like if, if it's homemade and there's like i can talk to the person that made it there's something really rich about that experience that you can't even replicate because yeah i could order it from your site online cool i got something homemade but i could talk to you about it and you can tell me a story about this thing i'm buying whole new level 
and I'm going to remember it a lot more. It's going to be a lot more. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's, there's a richness there. Yes, and Chris Watkins could do chainsaw use. He just has to tell us he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mention crocheting. Everybody's like, yes, we want to crochet. We've got a sewing demo. It's called So Easy, um, a sewing demonstration. I think it's 100% confirmed, but I didn't put it on the site because I hadn't like had the email confirmation with the person. So that's like not commercial sewing. That's just consumer grade sewing, which you can extend the life of your clothes and all sorts of other things by learning just a few skills in sewing. The person teaching the class is also an expert knitter. And she also, I think she also spins, like she has all sorts of sort of those fiber skills, which is pretty cool. I need to ask her if I need to bring my sewing machine for her to use though. Yeah. I, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be great. Self-reliance, SRF could become the world's fair for self-reliance. That's what we want to do. Yeah, that's that's literally what I want to do. I want to see, like, I would love to go. see it just explode into, I don't know, we have to buy more property to fit everybody near John and, yeah. and get these more and more demos going because I think, I think the real fun is going around and seeing how knives are sharpened or forged, right? Carrie Brown's going to do a wild edible walk. We, we, we shanghaied him into that last week. I don't have it on the site yet, but it will. Could start doing some competitions for innovation. I love that idea. Send me an email. Let's flush that out. Let's get it going, man. I can't wait for regional SRF events. Letty, you're just going to have to put one together, man. It's not like you don't know how. Letty does a whole <laughs> bunch of our, uh, data, our uh, data data work on the back <laughs> side because she's, yes. she's far away. <laughs> she's the person yeah, who really knows all the things. What? But, but think about that from a from a, a an amplification perspective, right? We can make a, a kit of parts. We've already got a lot of it done. But if you wanted to spin up SRF Texas or SRF Minnesota or SRF Virginia or whatever, SRF California, God bless you, why are you living in that state? We could give you a kit of parts to help you launch that thing. And you don't yeah. have to recreate the wheel from scratch. Yep. It's on, our, it's on her list of things to do eventually. Yeah, everybody comes. They're like, we want a regional one. I'm like, do it. Start with a meetup, man. Do a meetup. Everybody who's interested in self-reliance, let's do a meetup. And we'll talk about what we know about and share best practices and go from there. That's literally how Self-Reliance Festival started. If somebody wants to demo something or speak about something, tell me. And let's see what comes out of the woodwork. And we had a great first event. And they just get better and better and better. So it's 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 really a good time that being said guys it's time to get tickets so i see 50 people in this stream have you gotten your ticket yet because it's early bird pricing right now now if you're waiting for the mega pass i promise you i can have that up by tomorrow i promise you i can have that up by tomorrow send me an Hopefully email that says mega pass <laughs> Nicole at livingfreeintennessee.com or event manager at selfreliancefestival.com. Yeah, that happened today. I was like, nice. we need our own dang email. It's just too much. We got it done. 
Yeah, Letty's like, I'll help get events going. What about this butcher off? I may get in on that thing. I may have been a butcher years ago. Oh, there's a third person <laughs> for a butcher off. Can we get a who, who's going to be the Gordon Ramsay character that says you're doing it wrong? You know, I might be able to get Chef Brett to do that. That would be great. Uh, Brian, are you now the czar of the butcher off? I maybe we need maybe. a czar. Let me talk he's to talking, the he's got for it. And, uh, I think the only thing we need is meat on okay. the hook or live or, or live, recently yeah. or recently killed. Yeah. I think that, I think that's what they were saying. That was going to be the, that was going to be the issue. They're more than, more than willing to show up and cut shit up. They do it on a daily basis and yeah. have a lot of fun with it. But uh, I think it's, it's procuring the meat to cut is the, the issue. I feel like with our network in Tennessee, we can find some meat to cut up. I was thinking, I was, I was figuring that. And I think as well versed as all of them are, or both of them are on different animals. I don't think it's going to be a, a tough thing to find stuff. They, they know how to do. Yeah. You know, who's going to be there is Featherman. Featherman makes like the best. Oh yeah homesteading oh, yeah. processing equipment ever nice i'm super stoked about that too that's an awesome vendor great yes cool okay well if we don't have more questions from the peanut gallery you guys about ready to wrap i'm good yeah sure. do we need to go once around the horn or are we good whatever works <laughs> <laughs> we're easy <laughs> yeah brian Go. Yeah. Um, I'm Brian. I'm from the Lots Project, uh, thelotsproject.com. I live full time in an RV with my wife and three St. Bernards. Uh, spent eight years on a homestead, kind of doing everything uh, short of up into large poultry. I never got into hooved animals or anything, but uh, grew that homestead and then decided we didn't like Minnesota anymore. So we sold it all and moved into an RV and currently sitting in Tennessee, but uh, roaming the country, kind of doing projects on raw land properties, helping people figure stuff out and going from there. Thelotsprojects.com. John. Uh, my name's John. I'm uh, ejected from the city in 2013. And um, my wife and I moved out to uh, just shy of 15 acre place outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. And so that's Spumato Farm, S-F-U-M-A-T-O. Uh, farm.com and um i just lots of chickens dairy cow goats doing our thing uh, and then i work uh, full-time i run meticulous.com which is a ux and and uh branding and marketing agency and uh say hi you know especially if you're looking to eject the city i'm happy to kind of brain dump with you on ways you can do that and not have to go completely you know off the grid in the sense of uh no job no nothing awesome well, guys, I'm Nicole Sauce. If you want to find out more about me, NicoleSauce.com or LivingFreeInTennessee.com. And I think today is the day that we need to start letting our friends know Self-Reliance Festival is coming. It's time to make plans. There's still time to put in for time off work. Let's get the word out and make this one the best one ever selfrelianceFestival.com. thank you for joining us if you have more questions we will be back not next week but the week after next and who knows who we'll have on at that point we'll see you then